praise the Lord. Let's open our Bibles to Genesis. Genesis chapter 15, we're going to read from verse 1 to 11. Genesis chapter 15, 1 to 11. Okay. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your exceedingly great reward. But Abram said, Lord God, what will you give me, seeing I go childless? And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Then Abram said, Look, you have given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, Look now towards heaven and count the stars, if you are able to number them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. Then he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldees to give you this land to inherit it. And he said, Lord God, how shall I know that I will inherit it? So he said to him, Bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. Then he brought all these to him and cut them in two down the middle and placed each piece opposite the other. But he did not cut the birds in two. And when the vultures came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. All right. Just bear that in mind. Let's just shoot through to the New Testament. Mark 5, 18 to 20. Mark 5, 18 to 20. This is the story where he's just cast the demon out of this demoniac, the gathering demoniac, and he's going away. And when he got into the boat, he who had been demon-possessed begged him that he might be with him. However, Yeshua did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. And he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis all that Yeshua had done for him and all marveled. Amen. Father God, thank you for your word. We pray that you will just bless it to us, anoint these words, and anoint our hearts and our minds to receive them, Lord. May we have ears to hear. We thank you for your guidance, and we trust you, Holy Spirit. Speak destruction to any plan of the enemy to stop this word. And we thank you, Lord, that it will proceed and bring life wherever you have ordained for it to do. In the mighty name of Yeshua. Amen. Praise God. I want to just share briefly on something that I've touched on or have touched on quite a lot in the past, but never really focused on it as a particular message. And the title of this message is, as we've all heard me say before, Attain, Maintain, Proclaim. Attain, Maintain, Proclaim. Now, let me just explain that three is the number of wholeness. All right, wholeness. And in this whole process of salvation, God's called us to salvation. He died for us to have salvation. Salvation is so encompassing. It touches every area of the human life. But one of the patterns we find in the Bible, in this process, remember with God, things are very often a process. We've got to grasp this. We've got to understand the process whereby things operate. And you see, there's a very important process that we as children of God need to understand. Many children of God don't, and because of this, they've ended up in destruction and lost their salvation. Right? And you see, three is the number of wholeness. If you and I haven't gone through these three processes in any area of life, 
We are not whole. Amy, we are not whole. You see, God made us body, soul, spirit. In this church, we are concerned about every part of us, all right? The spirit, of course, primarily. That's why we teach faith. Wow, that's the energy of the spirit. We want to have strong people, not weak people, strong people. That's why we teach faith and the word all the time. Why? Because that is food for the spirit man. The spirit man needs to be encouraged, developed, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, all these things. We focus on the spirit man, yes, but that's not all there is to it. There's also the soul, the mind, our emotions, and our ability to make choices. It's important to us, and to God, obviously, that we have clear thinking. Amen. You'll notice when we teach, it's not all just emotion and wishy-washy stuff. It's logical. We can understand it. Our minds have got to be involved. But we're also open to the emotions. Please, church is a place to cry if you have to, or laugh. We encourage emotions. As you know, God's given us these emotions, and they're very powerful if used correctly. But as we teach, we're not supposed to be controlled by them. But also our will, very important, extremely important. It's important that we become strong-willed people, not in the sense of insisting on our own way all the time. But you and I need to be strong in our will. We need to be able to be people that make decisions and stick to them. That will is important. And once again, it's something we can learn. You can't just say, oh, well, you know, I'm just a weak person. I had to do it. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice, hey? Just a weak person. No, you're not. We might be weak people, and it's good to recognize that that's maybe where we're at, but you don't have to stay there. Did you understand? We don't have to stay there. So God's interested in that, obviously, and he's also interested in our bodies. Amen? We don't tolerate sick in this church. Can I say that? We don't put up with sickness in this church. I'm not saying it's not there, but we don't put up with it. Amen? And it's not just sickness, it's health and everything. Everything's important to God, you see. And you and I are not whole if we do not have all of these three areas continually developed. Does everybody grasp that? All right. Now, in the process of that, there is another process which I always call attain, maintain, and proclaim. All right. And you and I, as we approach the things of life, if we haven't gone through these three stages, we are not whole in that area. Amen? We're not whole. Now, here we have Abraham, Abraham as he was then, speaking to God, almost complaining. See, he's getting to the end of his days, he's almost 100 years old, and God's promised him a child, and he still hasn't got a child. Alright, his wife is 90 years old, and um, possibly a bit long in the tooth. At 90, I should imagine, you would be, and I would be. But anyway, so to the carnal mind, Abraham said, there's no hope now of me having a child and my next in line is Eliezer from Damascus, whoever he is, and he's going to take over the lot, so he's complaining. But God says, no, look at the stars, look at the sand. And then God does something. He gets him to get these animals, and he cuts a covenant. All right, God is a covenant God. He makes a covenant with Abraham. A covenant is a solemn promise. See, that was God's way of helping him to grasp something which in the natural seemed impossible. And you see, the importance of our purposes here is that the moment he put out all of these animals to cut the covenant, guess what happens? Along comes the vultures. Do you see that? Along come the vultures. To do what? Take them away and mess the whole thing up. Can you see? Now, what am I saying? You and I as children of God, we come across the things of God, even if we're not children of God, when we first get saved. We come across this wonderful covenant. 
And all of us know, the moment that happens, what is the devil's strategy? He sends the vultures, right? He sends the vultures. I can't tell you how many young people we know, even from this church, God forbid, but they've gone to university. They've been gloriously saved. We try to educate them. And then it just takes one clever-witted professor to come and insinuate some lie about evolution into their minds. Okay? And some of them have fallen away, believe it or not. But now listen. What is that? You see? They attained salvation. But they didn't maintain. Can you see that? Just as important as attaining is maintaining. Can you see that? And that's what we try to accomplish here. That's why we believe in fellowship. In regular fellowship. Why? Because you see, we know very well, people might come across a great revelation. And that's wonderful. It's important. We have to attain. We have to have that revelation. Amen? But we know very well that that revelation is now challenged. What's necessary? Help. Support to help the person maintain it. Amen? To maintain it. We don't want people getting saved and then falling away. So we try to help equip people to maintain. I was speaking to a man who is highly intelligent, very educated, very pleasant person, but he's a hardened atheist. Hardened atheist. And I was talking to him and we were talking about this whole thing of the Bible. And, uh, you know, I soon realized I'm wasting my time. But he said something. He said, I was once born again, full of the Holy Spirit. How's that? How does a man that is born again, full of the Holy Spirit, end up becoming an atheist? Amen? And it's not uncommon. But I'll tell you what happened, exactly what happened. He attained. Did you see that? He probably went to a great meeting and a revival meeting and he went to the front and had a wonderful experience and all these wonderful things happened to him. But what didn't happen after that? Nobody helped him to maintain. And I'm not blaming anybody because being academic, he probably thought, well, I know it now. Do you understand? Got lifted up in pride and thought, well, you know, I've arrived and I've done that. Not realizing that around the corner was somebody with a suggestion, a thought, and a... Can you understand? The devil sent the vultures. The devil sent the vultures, and what he had attained, he was unable to maintain. Amen? Maintain. It's the same with your and my healing. Did you know that? Supernatural healing, let me tell you. It's a wonderful thing when it happens. But what so very, very often happens, and this is the danger, somebody's been gloriously healed, but they haven't been taught how to maintain. Can you see that? Hold on to it. Why? The moment it happens, what is the devil's strategy? Send the vultures. Have you got it? Send the vultures. You and I as children of God have got to understand this pattern. We've got to be ready for it all the time. The moment you and I get a great revelation from God, realize something. The story is not finished. The story is not finished. Benny Eden says that in some of his crusades, people get healed on the stage, 
Before they get to their seats, they've lost their healing. Did you know that? Before they get back to their seats, they lose their healing. The vultures, of course. See, and how do the vultures do it? They come with suggestion. They come with suggestion. There was one man who was healed of his blindness. Or his hearing, sorry. He was deaf. Kenneth Hagin describes how he was visiting this particular place. He prayed for him and he received his hearing back. Elderly gentleman, he received full hearing back after 20 years whatever of not being able to hear properly. Anyway, what happened is he visited in the area and people came and said, Oh, you know, have you heard? Brother so-and-so lost his healing. Lost his healing. Kenneth Hagen describes how he got so mad. Do you know why? Because the man probably felt the symptoms come on and everybody said, Oh no, you've lost it. Can you see? The people around said, Oh, you've lost it. And what they should have done is said, No, the devil's trying to take this away from you. Let's stand together and chase him off. Can you see that? Guess what? His hearing would have come back and he would have been able to stand. So many times this happens. People get healed in a meeting or somewhere and then when they go home, they just feel a symptom. You see? What is that symptom? That's the vulture. Right? Because the devil can't touch you in as far as you're lying. Did you know that? But what happens? Oh, I had this back pain. It was gloriously healed. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I've attained. I go home. I'm working in the garden. A little twinge. Now what's the natural thinking? Oh no. You see? And what comes? Fear. I fear it's come back again. Can you see that? And then what do people say? Oh, you weren't really healed in the first place. This supernatural healing business is a lot of hogwash. Can you see? I can't tell you how many times that has happened. That has happened. Some people, you speak to them about supernatural healing, they'll say to you, don't believe it, I've had it, it doesn't work. But you see, what's the misunderstanding? Yes, it does work. But you can't just attain, you've got to learn what? We've got to understand. There's a battle too. Hold on to it. You see? Why? The enemy is going to send vultures to try and stop you. The enemy saw what was going to happen. Do you know Abraham? He went out. They went with Joseph to Egypt with 70 people. 400, 500 years later, they returned to the promised land with more people than could be counted. Did you know that? Took time, yes. But it happened. You see? What God promised took place. The devil could see down the line what was going to happen. What did he want to do right there and then? God promised multitudes. And they went down as 70 to Egypt with a family. But then what happened? They multiplied. You see, God's word came true. The devil could see that. Israel came and repossessed that whole Middle East there. Right? The devil could see that. So what did he have to do right at the beginning? Send the vultures. Right? Send the vultures now. Break this covenant. Destroy the covenant. And did God say, oh no, no, you don't do that. Did God do that? No. Who had to chase the vultures away? Abraham had to chase the vultures away. Are you hearing me? So you and I pray here and we get healed. Guess what? Fight for it. The story is not finished. Has everybody grasped that? And don't be afraid if, my goodness me, the symptoms come back, you think, I can't tell the church because I think I haven't got any faith. That's the biggest load of hogwash. 
That's the very time to say, everybody, listen, I'm battling again. We all pray again. We keep going until what? That healing is maintained. Amen? Maintained. That's really important. Your and my salvation has got to be maintained. The truth that we speak here, let me tell you, the moment you get home, the enemy's going to try and steal them. I had a vision in the church I was once with, and the vision was very simple. The service was going on. This wonderful praise and worship and fantastic experience of the presence of God was going on. And I saw a gang of demons, literally, sitting somewhere in hell, and they were sitting on stones. And they were playing cards or gambling or something like that. The service was going on, and they just having a final time playing cards or dice. I don't know what they do. Then what happened? The service came to an end, and you know what? It was like they said to each other, okay boys, let's get to work. Let's get to work. Do you see? What was happening? Everything the people had learned, guess what? In the car on the way home, at work the next day, along comes the vultures and a little lion, snatch it away. Can you see that? And in a sense, that becomes so habitual that people get used to it. To the extent that you speak to people about things you've taught a hundred times and they say, sure, I've never heard that before. That's why I believe in repetition. <laughs> repetition is the mother of education. Did you know that? Repetition is the mother of education. Because I teach something once, do I think everybody's got it? Yes, I do. I believe that. But I'm also wise. I mean. <laughs> But what am I saying? You see, you and I have got to learn the pattern. Attain, yes, that's fine, that's wonderful. It's an important part of the process. But what comes after that? Realize, I've got to maintain this. It's like weight loss, you know. <laughs> Need I say this? I'm busy on a program now, you know what? From bulk to hulk. Isn't that gorgeous? From bulk to hulk. From chunk to hunk. <laughs> I mean... You know, when I was ill there and I lost such a lot of weight because of one thing and another, I thought, I'll never get fat again. You know, I'll never. I even got my pants taken in. Oh, my soul, dear God. It's easy to put on then to take off. So, what am I saying? You see, you can lose 10 kgs. Hallelujah, praise the Lord. But don't start shouting about it yet. What we have to do? Maintain. That's obvious, isn't it? Maintain. It's like that with anything. Let me tell you, any skill you and I will know, music, be it, whatever, if you don't keep up with it, you lose the edge. You lose the edge. Our prayer life is like that. You can have a wonderful time of prayer with God, let me tell you. And I encourage us to have a wonderful time of prayer with God. But what's more important? Maintaining a regular prayer life. Amen? Amen? It's all very well to have a wonderful revelation from the Word of God. Praise be to God. What's more important? A regular reading and ongoing revelation of the Word of God. Maintenance. Maintain. Does everybody grasp? Just understand something with the things of God, and not just the things of God, the things of the world. Many a story, I'm sure anybody who's been in the business world can tell you. You get these young guys, they start maybe a business, and it's, there was one classic case where they started a gym, you see, and everyone's coming to this fitness gym, and initially they saw multitudes, 
come in, money just pouring in, pouring in. They attained. They attained. These young guys attained. Or so they thought. So what's the first thing to their mind? Time to drive a Porsche. Time to buy a big house. Time to spend on this, spend on that. I've attained, I've arrived. Not thinking, of course, that you're down the road. There might be lean times. You have to maintain your equipment. You understand? They made a lot of wealth. But what happened after about a year? All that money took wings and gone. Why? They attained, but they didn't have the wisdom to maintain. Can you see that? We need to be wise people. You get a new job. Oh, wow, got a wonderful job. Feet up on the desk, have coffee. <laughs> you've attained, but before you think that you've arrived, guess what? Learn. Be humble enough to say, this has been given to me by the grace of God. Let me make a success of it and maintain. Maintain. Oh, yeah, church, this is really important. But you see, it doesn't stop there. Remember, wholeness is three. You hear me? You and I are not whole, even if we've attained and we've maintained. What's the next step? We must proclaim. What did the Lord say to that demoniac? He wanted to come with him. He wanted to be a disciple and all that. He said, no. Go back and tell everybody what's happened to you. Amen? Go and be an evangelist. Now that was pretty quick. But what I'm trying to get at here is this. You see, before you and I can start blabbing our mouth off. Are you hearing me? Can you see the process? We have to have attained, maintained, now it's time to proclaim. Can you see that? Now's the time. I'm not saying that you and I shouldn't share our testimony and get going with life. Share what God's done. I'm not saying that. But Let's be a bit hesitant about blabbing because I got saved and oh my soul, I chased more people away from God's kingdom in that two weeks after that than I think I've managed to do in the whole of my career since. You understand? Why? I started to jabber and I was talking stuff that I didn't really understand. Because what? I'd attained something but I hadn't learned how to maintain it, you see, first for myself. You see, when you and I maintain something, it becomes part of us. It becomes who we are. Does that make sense? We were in the church, the pastor there used to, every Sunday, get up and he'd preach. But you know how you would preach? During the week, he'd listen to this great preacher here, this great preacher here, this great preacher here. And the whole process, one of cut and paste. <laughs> so, so you've got a mixture of all the great preachers coming through this one man, you see. Now, please. Don't get me wrong, there's no harm in preaching what somebody else has preached. If you can't preach what somebody else has preached, you may as well not preach the Bible, you understand? But what was wrong with that? He was just hearing it and blabbing it, you understand? He hadn't lived it, it hasn't become part of him. Can you see that? He hadn't attained this revelation for himself, learned to maintain it, lived it, and then ready to proclaim. You understand? I would never ever get a revelation. I mean, I got a lovely revelation the other day. I wouldn't immediately stand up and start to preach on it. Can you understand that? Why? Why? Maintain. You understand? Get it to work in my life. When it's part of me, then I'm ready to, to share it. Does that make sense? Can you see that? 
And if you've got a healing that's happened in your life and you've learned to maintain it, that's not something to keep to yourself. Time to proclaim, you see. Get it out there. If you've managed to make a lot of money, if you've gone through this process, maybe made a few mistakes, you've attained and you've learned to maintain, that's not the time to sit back and think, oh, you know, I'm such a clever guy. No. What's the time then to do? Help other people, you understand? Help other people to attain and maintain. Can you see? That's how this whole thing is supposed to work. The whole church is supposed to work on that basis. All the fivefold ministry. It mentions that the fivefold ministry is to encourage the saints, edify the saints. What need do the saints have of an evangelist? Can you understand what I'm saying? One of the fivefold ministries is an evangelist. Now, if evangelist, he gets people saved. What is he doing for people that are already saved? Can you see? What they talk about is this very process. I've learned how to be an evangelist. I'm called to it, and I've gone through the knocks as it were. I've gone through the experience. I've attained this, this anointing. I've maintained it over a period of time. Now what? Now's the time to find other people and proclaim it. Help them to get going. Can you see that? All the ministries, teaching, preaching, all of them. We're here to help other people get going, you see. You can't just say, oh, I'm such a great preacher. Listen to me. Listen to me. And just when you die, nobody's going to listen to you anymore. Are you hearing me? Proclaim, yes, the truth of God. But also proclaim means train other people up. Train others. The skill that God's blessed us with, the abilities, just pass them on. Pass them on. And if you and I don't do that, you know, we're not whole. You I mean? You've learned how to make money and you're very proud of yourself and your empire, but you're not helping anybody else. You're not whole. Can you see that? You're not whole. You and I managed to get saved. We managed to maintain our salvation over a period of time. We established Christians. You're not whole. If you think, oh, I've made it, I'm going to heaven. Hallelujah. You're not whole. You're only two parts of three. Are you hearing me? What is your job? Help other people. Proclaim. Proclaim. Get out there and get other people saved. Or whatever. This is making sense. Can you see? So this needs to be part of our DNA. Let me put it that way. In everything that we do, let's learn how to attain, maintain. We'd love to have a church where people freely operate in the fruit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Amen. It happens once. We attain it. Do I sit back and say, oh, wonderful, we've done it. Now let's move on. No. What's the next process? Next step in the process, rather. Maintain. In other words, come to the place where it happens, as I've said so many times, normally. Am I right? Well, that's how it is. That's what church is. When people come, they just automatically operate in the gift. We come from the church that did that. It's just part of our DNA, just natural, normal. In fact, for us to sit in the church and there's no operation of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I'll be very honest, we feel frustrated. Frustrated, because you know God is being put in a box. That box is one individual preaching, possibly, as good as the preaching may be. Can you see? But say we come to the place where that's normal here. Can we sit back and say, oh, we've got it. No, that's the time to try and encourage other churches to step out in that, if there aren't. Many are, by the way. 
This is coming across strength file. Can you see the process? Let's build that into us. You might be developing to a certain level in some area, be it in teaching or in financially, whatever area you think of. It's one thing. It's one thing to get married. Amen. <laughs> stay married. That's now quite a challenge. All right. And not only stay married, you've got a happy marriage. Now's the time to share that with others. Not before, mind you. Amen. I think I've said enough. But let's grasp this with both hands. You and I are in the process of growth. The phases that we go through is we attain. Always be ready to attain new revelation from God. Read the Bible with a desire to have new revelation from God. But realize having that revelation in itself is not enough. Amen. Have the desire to not only have that revelation, but to build it into your life, our lives, with the view to one day becoming that and being able to Share it with others. I've been to a meeting. The woman taught on something. which was not new, but it was different. Afterwards, I said to her, well, can you show me where this is in the Bible? I mean, that's a reasonable request, don't you think? And she said, oh, um, she had one of her assistants there. The assistant popped up. I think it's somewhere, I think, no, it's somewhere in Revelation. Hallelujah. And then she said, Somebody wrote a book about it. Hello? So this lady is standing up there, speaking about this as if she knows all about it. Doesn't know where it's from the Bible, or even if it is from the Bible. <laughs> please. Please. And actually, when I analyze what she was saying, what she's saying, if it was taken by people that are inexperienced and have no background, very dangerous, actually. Very dangerous could lead people into a very difficult situation if they didn't have enough knowledge of the word. Does this all make sense to you? So you see, I'm not saying, wait until you've got a degree in theology before you share the word. No! You see, like the Lord said to that demoniac, what God's done for you, can you see that? What you've actually experienced, that's what you can share. I encourage everybody, what testimony you have, share it. Can you see? Share it, by all means. But when you want to go into teaching and things like that, make sure the revelation is your own before you actually start to share it. Amen? Because only then will it actually be imparted and make a difference in people's lives, which is why we're here. Amen? Let's pray. <music>